This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, buddy, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I am jazzed because my man Spencer over there, who is also the producer of our show, (laughs) has a whole new setup. I do. I can hear music when he plays music. He's standing up. He's got like three screens going. It's practically NASA over there. It is a it's it's fantastic. Full on podcast studio happening at twenty three personnel south. What happened was we got another desk there at the end of the year last year. And we were waiting to put away all the Christmas decorations, kind of reset the house to mess with it. And we built the desk, put it out there in the living room where I used to be, so Samantha could work out there. And then we hooked up our old computer because she's got her work computer here at the house. But her office also offered her a standing desk. She didn't want it. I was like, I'll take it <laughs> from you, Samantha. Um, so Don't mind if I do. So in the studio here, I'm standing with the laptop here in the middle, which is what we're streaming Skype on. If I can see Michael's face, his beautiful balding head. <laughs> Just kidding. Balding? That's Bald. generous. <laughs> um, I, think, I think we've gone past the ing there, my friend. But on the other computer, I was actually able to run it into the board as another audio input. Um, So I can actually play the intros to the new sections. Whereas since we've been doing this remotely, I had to do all that in the back end in editing. And Michael missed out. He He didn't get to hear the intro. Didn't get to hear the bumper music, the question, any of that kind of stuff. Until tonight. Yeah, I was just over here in silence. It's a new year, 2021. See, it's already better. Already. It's already better than last year. So I'm also standing. I've already said that, but I'm standing now. So hopefully the energy, at least on my side, is going to be a little bit higher because I'm not going to be sitting there just lounging around the whole time. Michael was standing for for a few weeks, um, and his his energy was infectious, but I, I just I couldn't get up. I was just... Stuck to the desk the way the monitor and the mics were set. So not tonight. On our feet. On my feet. Um, if you like this energy, though, and you like complaining about refs, follow me and or the podcast at 23Personnel on Twitter uh, or at Punts Suck. Two S's there in the middle. And you can follow Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can follow us on Instagram at 23Personnel Podcast. You can also pick up all of your 23 personnel podcast merchandise at our Teespring store. That's teespring.com slash stores slash 23 personnel podcast. It's still hoodie weather. I feel like I'm reading our, oh, yes. our bound line ad. It is still hoodie weather. 
You can also pick up t-shirts. The wait is finally <laughs> over. The wait is finally over. You can pick up hoodies. Um, you can pick up t-shirts. Those are always going. Any color, any any logo, red, white, black, and a few shades of gray. Yeah. Just just well, I mean, I mean, you just kind of walked into that and left it open as if there were a certain number of shades of gray, say 48 or 49. I don't know what comes after that. Definitely not 50 though. Okay. All right, fair enough. I wanted to tell you I know. Sorry. My one of my favorite gifts. We talked about Christmas gifts last week, but I forgot to mention the Waterburger swag that my wife got for me, which included a T-shirt, a blue T-shirt, in the sh- and then there was like a Waterburger scene in the shape of the state of Texas, a Waterburger Yeti, the big one. I don't know, the not the twenty ounce but the one above that and then pins i forgot about those i i am i take a backpack to work every day and she got me three ballpoint pins that have the mustard or the spicy ketchup or the regular ketchup on them and they're just super cool so, I, so I, I don't know we were talking t-shirts and that's where my mind went i derailed the thing before we even got past the first ad read speaking of food though hold on or speaking of waterburger the spicy ketchup, regular ketchup, the fancy ketchup. I've got like a reversible keychain, little fob thing. I don't, it's not a fob, it's like a little square. It just hooks onto the keychain. One side's red, and it looks like the top of the fancy ketchup packet they give you. Other side's black, like the spicy ketchup. And I think you've seen my reversible uh, fancy ketchup, spicy ketchup koozie for cans. Yes, I have, and the fact that it's reversible makes it ten times cooler. Well, that's the point of the koozie. It affects, you you know, you can reflect your mood. Maybe you're feeling a little spicy today. Maybe you're just feeling like good old fancy. You know what I I am? Fancy spicy. What I am feeling, though, Michael? I am feeling excited that the wait is finally over. Football (gasps) is in full effect, and... The NBA is back. Guys, NFL is cruising into the playoffs. We've got one college football game left. NBA season just getting underway. So you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything unimaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. You know what I didn't do? What? What's that? Preview the agenda tonight. We have an instant reaction on deck for you guys. Kansas State basketball, Texas Tech winners. There, we're going to talk about that. Um, Look ahead at the the schedule. We only have really one game to talk about before our next recording since the Texas game is on Wednesday. So we'll give you a preview of that next week. Update everybody on the rankings. There are two new sets of rankings that came out this week. ESPN's Basketball Power Index, the BPI, and the NCAA Net Rankings. Both of these are very influential and postseason seeding. So 
Got to keep a close eye on those. And obviously, Ken Palm has the metrics. Um, update you on the projections, how Texas Tech is faring against the spread. Hint, not very well. Yikes. Then we'll move into football. Talk about how our man Crabtree was uh, grievously, grievously underrepresented in Heisman voting. Uh, Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Heisman, 2020 Heisman was announced tonight. Give another uh, Texas Tech roster update. Talk about the Big 12 bowl games. Um, talk about our man Tim Herman. And maybe Tim? Tim? Tom? I don't know. <laughs> Timothy, Timothy Timothy L. Herman. <laughs> hey, hey, Timothy. Hey, Timothy. Um, yeah, Tom Herman, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. He's not at the University of Texas anymore. Steve Sarkeesian is. And then we'll talk about the playoffs, how we did on our projections, and talk about the national championship game, which is on Monday. So I guess from there, we'll just jump into basketball. You ready? Yes, sir. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he stopped back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Coleman. Get a crowd strip by Owens. Ready on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans. Yes! Game over. Mooney with a crossover and the lob to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Carmen Edwards. Ready, double into three. Going to put it down. Ready. Odiasi throws it in. Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good. Over got the separation. Oh, big shot. Stepping up big time. Okay, so, queso, it is the podcast where food and sports clash on the goal lines, but I want to talk about that defensive penalty play, whatever you want to call it, that I, I griped about last week. I have two yes. more instances to gripe about it 
you did gripe about it last week, and and I think I joined you in that because it's terrible. But it, it's very appropriate that you happen to <laughs> rail on that, and then uh, basically Tech had a game decided by that same penalty. So so go on. I will I will allow you to continue now. In the final minute of a Big Twelve conference game, Cade Cunningham of Oklahoma State baited the refs into calling the most atrocious offensive, or sorry, defensive penalty foul I've ever seen. He gets, oh, I can't remember. Was it Kyler Edwards or Kevin McCuller? Uh, no, it was McCuller. McCuller. He gets McCuller in the air. McCuller has come back down to the ground and is backing away from Cunningham when Cunningham initiates contact. McCuller's literally leaning away from him. Cunningham has to lean that far in and airballs a three and gets gifted the, the, the foul there. He shoots three free throws, makes all three to tie the game. This was like with 30 seconds to go, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was actually, let me see. I had it in, in here before that happened, but, um, there was 27 seconds left. 27 yes. seconds changed the momentum, the outlook, the outcome of the game even. This game was um, not close in the first half. Oklahoma State had a had a nine-point lead at halftime, got the lead up to 12 at one point. But Texas Tech was able to fight back in the second half, had a lead, held a lead. But just there at the end, they got called for a bogus uh, lane violation on a free throw attempt. I don't even know who they called it on. I, I heard that it was on Mac McClung. McClung was in the backcourt, so it, it couldn't have been him. There's he nobody was the else. Only there. one not there. <laughs> there was nobody else that moved. Um, so the Oklahoma State shooter got to take another free throw attempt and make the the, the the third one. And then Kyler Edwards got called for a moving screen where he was trying to avoid contact. He went out there to what looked like um like fake set up a screen or like show that there's a screen to get like to kind of let the offensive player know, Hey, there's a defender here. Sorry. I'm way around. He was on offense to let the defender know that he was there, but he was going to fake and, and try to like roll um, maybe on a pick and roll barely touched. Like, but like I said, the same with Kevin McCuller, Kyler Edwards was trying to avoid contact moving away from the player, got called for it, turnover, shots on the other end. Yeah, it wasn't, I don't know, it's more of a, I guess technically it was a moving screen, but it was more like he was just kind of in the area and spinning, you know, spinning towards the basket, acting like he was going to, you know, he was calling for the ball. If you look at it, I guess I could see the logic of it being, a moving screen, but not with four seconds left of a tied game. And I mean, I think people would almost need to be on the floor if you're going to call something like that. Uh, and, and that's what was so insane about this game because the, they, I think almost every possession, the last two and a half minutes was a foul of some sort. The last two and a half minutes, drug ass. It took forever to play that. And then over time, Bodies are flying, all sorts of craps going on under the basket, on rebounds, 
people driving, getting run over, nothing happening. Nobody, I mean, they swallowed their whistles for overtime, but the last two and a half minutes of that game was just nonstop foul, foul, foul. I mean, even with the ones that were in our favor, Tech got to shoot free throws because someone blocked out too well. Um, trying to rebound one of Oklahoma State's free throws. So it was just, you got, people were fouling while shooting free throws. There were so many fouls. They just kept calling them. And then that's the thing that we, or I harp about a lot, is just the consistency of it. Why, Why are they not allowed to touch each other for two and a half minutes? And then all of a sudden, Overtime is just kind of a free for all. Yeah. Why does it change? Um, Because, I mean, this was a game where the two teams, uh, granted, it went to overtime. Two teams combined for 59 free throw attempts. Oof. I mean, gross. That's, that's, that's horrendous. Um, Now, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm leaving out obviously that, that last possession where there was just a bad turnover where Texas Tech was down by three with those, those you know, few seconds left, turn the ball over. Oklahoma State run, runs out, dunks it, and, and time expires. You lose by five. Because um, at that point, you were already defeated, right? Like, you had won the game in regulation. The, the referees made sure Oklahoma stayed into it, at least had the opportunity to stay into it by calling these fouls and getting them to the free throw line. Um. And then you you score the first three points in overtime, and then like Oklahoma State blows up on you, and you get down by like eight. You're like, well, that's ball game, because that's just not what that's not a, a deficit you come back from very often in, in overtime. Like those five minutes go by so much faster in overtime than they do in the first or second half. It's insane. <clears throat> so yeah, especially when they swallow their whistles for half of it. <laughs> And that clock just rolled, man. Without, we're not going to jump into the Kansas State game yet, but McClung on offense tried to do this very thing. He got the defender up in the air, leaned in, airballed a three, no call. I was like, at least be consistent. Like, if you're going to make that garbage call, make it for everybody. Yeah, that's what was that's what hurt so much because you could tell that McClung was oh, he tried he tr- he was trying <laughs> he was he was making a point it was even on the same it was the opposite side of the court but it was the same exact position that Cunningham got hit this week sure I've seen I've seen Ginobili get calls like that and stuff here and there but it's always kind of one of those things where you, where you just kind of cringe and go. Well, uh, I guess that's part of the game. I didn't like it, even though I love the Spurs. But yeah, I, I kind of would have, um, I would have been a little disgusted even if Tech had gotten the call, even if McClung had somehow gotten the call on that. I, I, I would have felt a little like justified, like, like well, let's not do this. At least we got the call right. Like it, it's a stupid call. Um, it's wrong. I hate it. But at least we get three free throws out of it. No, it didn't even happen that way. <laughs> like I complained for that not to be part of the, the rule, the game, whatever our guy tries to do. It, it's not called. So I should be, I should accept that, I guess. And I'm like, where's the whistle? <laughs> where's our call? Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, going I mean, back. I, to... I want to, want to, uh, sorry. I mean, I, the only 
thing I wanted to mention on this game is just is Edwards. He was kind of the the last. The, the, it's it's feast or famine with him. I mean, he had 18 points. He was five for 11, um, four for nine from three, seven boards. I mean, he played really well on paper, but he also turned the ball over. He's the reason, you know, that um, Oklahoma State ended on that in overtime on that wide open layup. He threw up some clunker shots in overtime and at the end of regulation, but he also hit the three that gave tech hope at the end of overtime. Um, he hit some good free throws. They called the moving screen on him, which was just crap. But then he had some, I think he had a really bad foul on likely that was, there was no reason to foul him while he was driving. Just let him score. Uh, any, anyway, there, he just, have you noticed that? Am I the only person who's noticed that with Edwards? Even tonight, there was some stuff where he was airballing threes. Uh, he, he was air- clanking them off the glass. <laughs> he airballed a wide open three attempt. Like, there's oh. nobody in your face, man. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, but then again, he he had nine points. I mean, he didn't play as well tonight. So let's, let's I guess I should pump the brakes a little bit. But he played on paper very well against Oklahoma State, but just still kind of made a lot of mistakes and took some weird shots and some weird chances early threes in the shot clock when he was five foot behind the line and just bricking the crap out of it. And then, and then he'll drain one next drive. So it's, it's kind of frustrating. I know that it's probably frustrating on everybody. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about the lineups too. It's just been interesting how, because he kind of went in and out of the starting lineups and um, he he worked his for this week after coming off the bench against Oklahoma State. So he started tonight, but Shannon didn't. PV started instead. So you know Burton and Shannon didn't start, and PV and Edwards started tonight. Just kind of interesting lineups that uh, Beard's toying with here. Yeah. So the starting lineup on Saturday was McClung, Shannon, Burton, Santos Silva, Santos Silva, and McCuller. Um, you got double-digit scoring from McClung and Shannon. McClung led scores at 21. Edwards, you said off the bench, had 18. Shannon had 13. Shannon, um, it's just like he seems to be having, like he's coming back into his, his offensive game. He had, he said, 13 points on Saturday, 22 tonight. Um, and he had yeah, and he didn't. I, I that's what. I liked, you know, I'm sorry. I know I interrupted you like three times, but I did like the lineup tonight, but it was still odd that Shannon wasn't out there. I I don't feel like he did anything particularly against Oklahoma State that would take him out of there. I mean, who knows? Uh, He was four for five. He played great against Oklahoma State. Yeah, (laughs) he was four for five from the field, uh, one of two from three, four for five from the line. Um, Had seven rebounds, one assist. One foul, three turnovers. Like maybe look at that, but like, I mean, that's not atrocious. That's not something you you bench him over because McClung had three turnovers, um, and Shannon did it in forty minutes. Like he played the most minutes of anybody on Saturday. So, yeah. so maybe it was more of like a rest thing. I'm not looking at, at tonight's minutes yet, so I I couldn't tell you how many minutes he played tonight. But yeah, he, uh, the next closest person was like I said, McClung at thirty seven. Edwards had 36, McCuller had 33. Uh, so he played most men by from anybody. Um, 
you shot 40% from the field against Oklahoma State, so it's all right. Um, you're 8 of 22 from 3. Your three-point shooting uh, has just vanished. It's not not yes. been like something that's um, been a key part of this offense, but it's something that you need, right? Like we've seen it uh, just come up several times this year. Like, man, if we could just like – Make one or two more of those, we'd be better off. And I kind of thought McClung was was coming into that, and maybe Edwards would be that guy too. But it, McClung was three for seven tonight, and Edwards was four for nine. Uh, you know, four for nine is pretty good. Three for sevens on Saturday, not. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. That was that was on Saturday. Um, yeah, tonight it was worse. I think they're like three of twelve from three as a team. Uh, well, and <laughs> those two combined for three of 11. Oh, yeah. Good. So there you go. Good times. Uh, so you're 25 of 35 from the line, uh, which is barely better than 71%. That's not good. That's something that, that everybody's been talking about a lot lately, um, especially in, in close games. You look at those 10 points you leave on the line, you're like, we just got to be better at shooting free throws. Like there's this uncontested points like that. What, what are we doing here? Um. Texas Tech tonight was much better. Uh, yeah, much better. No, sorry. 30 of 36 tonight, 83%. So you shot just as many free throws as you did uh, on Saturday, but you made you made five more tonight, but it, it, it felt like there wasn't a problem. There wasn't somebody up there you're like, oh, I don't want him at the line. Um I mean, McClung was two of four. PV was three of four. Edwards two of two. Santo Silva four of six. McCuller two of two. Shannon eleven for twelve. Oh, with the announcer jinx on that twelfth one. <laughs> He's like, with a shot to go perfect, twelve of twelve. Clank. Yeah, oh, even, that wasn't me. <laughs> I told I told my wife he was about to miss that, and yeah. of course he <laughs> clanked it. So uh, I don't know if you noticed that the the broadcast was was like shooting through the backboard on that last one. And you can see Shannon scream after he missed it. He knew. <laughs> he was pissed. Um, Burton 4-4, Burnett 2 of 2. So like everybody that shot did really well. I mean, 2 of 4 for McClung, that's a small sample size. So 50% could have evened out to like, you know, 6 of 8 later on had he shot more. Um, So it's one of those things like consistency there were stretches of this game tonight against Kansas State. We were like, what is happening? Right? Like oh, the gosh, offense yeah. looked terrible. There wasn't there wasn't any movement. Um, you let them get a, a pretty good lead on you. And you're like, wait, I thought Kansas State was bad. And then you saw in the in the second half, you're like, there's a the team I, I thought we were gonna be playing for the whole game. Uh you got it by I think at one point you had a 17 point lead on them. Um, and then Kansas State was able to hit like three threes and back-to-back-to-back possessions, whatever, and closed it. Uh, and then didn't let, let you stretch the lead back out again. But, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you looked inconsistent on the offensive side. For sure. Defense, you you, you gave up. Um, I mean, 71 points at home. Um, excuse me. You let them shoot nearly 50% from the field. You're going to lose games doing that. A lot of games. Uh, 33%. So one of three on, or sorry, 
33% from three, uh, and they hit all 16 of their free throws. Right, and th- there were so many things that if... No, sorry, nine. I, I think it's basically, or from what I could tell, uh, if Tech hadn't gone on that 15-2 to two run after they got down by seven in the first half, and if they didn't come out guns blazing the second half, they would have lost this game. Kansas State just did not give up. They were Tech just had two good runs in them, and fortunately that was enough because then it got really sloppy towards the end. The last five minutes, there was a lot of back-to-back fast breaks off turnovers and you know missed layups and something else I wanted to get at too. This seemed to happen quite a bit against Oklahoma State. These guys, it works out in their favor when you're on offense to maybe tip the ball uh, when you're trying to rebound. You can tip it, and you've there's a good chance you've got a guy out there who's on the, wearing the same jersey as you that can catch it, but not on defense. And I don't think that's a good play to get under the ball and just slap it around. If you can get a hand on it, you can hopefully get a second hand on it. I mean, grab it. Just grab the yeah. ball. That drives me insane. It's on defensive boards. It's just not going to work. So I saw that a lot against Oklahoma State. They didn't do that as much tonight, but, man, they did have some trouble rebounding here and there when it was crucial. Um, But, yeah, I mean, just those two stretches, that kind of summed up the game for me. If if Tech hadn't been able to get stuff going for about those five minutes total, uh, we might be looking at a 0-4 start in Big 12 play. And 0-3 at home. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so as, as much as I was, as we started this segment, or I started the segment complaining about fouls, I think Kansas State has a pretty good, um, pretty good, what am I trying to say? Case? A good case for not having fouls called. They only shot nine free throws to Texas Tech's 36. Now, that would indicate a little more than just a difference in aggression, right? Like that to me says, yeah, Texas Tech was, was a little more aggressive on the offensive side. They were able to, to, to set their, their, their charges properly. Um, Kansas State also had a couple of technical, like weird kind of ticky tack technicals called against them tonight um, for saying words to our players. Like, okay, that's, awfully soft (laughs) yeah i agree and that was um i I think uh, i can't remember the player's name but he he scored and was fouled and i think he screamed something into santo silva's face but i know for a fact i've seen santo silva do that to other players all year and he's never been called for it and sometimes it's not like he's screaming at them he's he just does it he's face he does it and they happen to be in front of his face yeah and so he's just screaming about a you know a good defensive play or whatever, and, and it's just you noise, see that right? He's like ah, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I felt like this this player was doing, and and then to get the weird t- technical was oh, it was Miguel. Miguel, yeah, it was he, it was Miguel. It was just it was just weird. Yeah, they they got called for twenty four fouls tonight. Tech got called for ten. Can't complain about that, guys. <laughs> and most of those, I, I I I say most six were called in the second half against tech yeah just 16 against kansas state yeah um 
This is brutal. So it's like I'm, I'm, I, I want to acknowledge that my my distaste for bad officiating is not only for when it benefits Tech. Like Kansas State had a little bit of uh, some beef there, getting called for um, 24 fouls to Tech's 10. Um, but you you win this game. You were supposed to win this game. Uh, you avoided, like like we said, going 0-4 to start in Big 12 play. Well, we did. I, I should correct. We Tech beat Oklahoma, obviously, so it would be 1-3. and 1-3 and three is My your, bad. You're 2-2 two and two in Big 12 play. Um, although, realistically, you could. I mean, if you want to change like a possession or two against Oklahoma State, you could you could say the same thing for, for, for Oklahoma. They, they, they were close enough where they could have beat you, too. Oh, yeah. Um, Anyways, it's just as as excited as we were coming into the season. Um, I'm I'm concerned at this point. I don't know if it's just a this is who we are, or if we're still building and kind of collecting ourselves and getting better. But what we've seen so far is not got me super confident in this team's ability to to go further than like the first or second round in the tournament. Agreed. It's the, the offensively it's, it's such a struggle to get anything going and beard can't find a lineup that he's completely comfortable with. I don't blame him at this point because everybody gets so hot and so cold. Um, I do think I'd like to see PV play more than 23 minutes. That's all he played tonight. He was three for four. I'm not sure why he got pulled. Um, he had two fouls, I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I think PV's someone to, to keep in there. And of course, Shannon to play him as much as he's possible of playing. Like you said, he played 40 minutes uh, against Oklahoma state. So it just, I'm, I am concerned, but I'm not concerned about them not having a chance to make the tournament or anything. Not but yet, at least. No, not not yet. I'm not there yet. So before tonight's game, and I, I just checked, they haven't been updated yet. Ken Palm had Texas Tech at 14, uh, previously at 11, so they dropped three spots after losing to Oklahoma State. Has the metrics, has Tech at 13, previously at 7, so they had a pretty, pretty big drop. Uh, ESPN BPI, like I said, the Basketball Power Index, Opens up with Texas Tech at number eight, a little higher than I was expecting. And the NCAA net rankings has Tech at 20. Those, uh, the BPI is, yeah, like you said, kind of jarring uh, to be up that high. Maybe they really value defense, but I'm afraid that defensive stat's going to slip a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm sure you're going to get into the Kim Palm a little bit more, but uh, Tech's adjusted defense. According to Kim Palm, was number one in the country for the longest time. It's now number three. And after these last, you know, after tonight, uh, allowing a, a a team that's not supposed to score a lot on anybody to score 71 in your own house, that's, that's probably going to start going down a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, according to Haslametrics and their projections, which – the scores, have, like we said last week, have been awfully close, even though the spreads have been off. Scores have been close. The, that that metric had you only giving up 55 points to Kansas State tonight. You gave up 16 more than that. Uh, last Saturday against Oklahoma State, they projected a 62-point defensive effort. You gave up 82. 
Uh, so that, that that defensive side, like you said, is going to continue to creep up. It went from, like like you said, number one, number three. Next up on the schedule, Iowa State. Not as bad as Kansas State, but still not very good. Uh, they're a top 100 team in terms of adjusted efficiency. Uh, they are 89th on offense, 95th on defense, and 154th on tempo. So the projections here uh, – have Texas Tech winning about a 10-point game or 9-point game. Um, but the spread, uh, the, at least it has Haslametric spread. Uh, Texas Tech is 4-8 and eight against the spread. You Not not great. So maybe well, maybe if you visit Bet Online, maybe skirt around the Texas Tech games. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I, all this says to me is is – the the outcome, I feel pretty good about most nights from Haslametrics. I'm losing confidence in the the spread portion of that. Agreed. Uh, it seems, you know, Iowa State, yes, Tech should handle business. I mean, they're only two wins. They're, they're two and six on the season. Their only two wins are their first game of the season, which was against Arkansas Pine Bluff. And then uh, another victory against Jackson State. They're 0-4 in Big 12 play, headed to Lubbock. They they did play. I mean, they've played close in the Big 12 games. They lost to Kansas State by nine. Uh, lost to number eight West Virginia at the time by five. Lost to Baylor by 11, which is respectable <laughs> to lose to the number two team. And then tonight, just tonight, they lost by six to Texas. So they had a heck of a run. I think you mentioned that last week that they had to play West Virginia, Baylor, and Texas <laughs> all in a row for their Big Twelve. Um, you know, after opening against Kansas State, and they were so in Austin tonight. Yeah, they were in Austin. Um, they've they've competed in all those games, and just because they're two and six doesn't mean that they're not going to be a tough two and six team. And Tech has to travel uh, to. Ames to play them. Um, the Hilton's not like it's normally going to be, but it still kind of takes you out of your comfort zone a little bit, especially after having a pretty good stead at home for a while. You know, this will be Tech's first away game since December 22nd in Norman. Um, anyway, just kind of some things to think about and worry about a little bit. Uh, Iowa State's, as you mentioned, they they push the ball a little bit. Their tempo's way higher than Tech. Tech's so to the bottom on that, which is why that offense can be so frustrating if they don't come away with any points in a possession, because usually the shot comes with three seconds left. It's not as frustrating as Tubby Smith's was, but it's <laughs> they were legit wait. Like the players three, are ready. Okay, throw throw it up there. Um, Dusty Hannah's just throwing a blind three from the corner. <laughs> Just waiting for it. his arms out like, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Iowa State is a, is a s- strange for a team that's struggling this hard is a a pretty senior team. Uh, like their leading scores are a junior, senior, senior, junior, junior. Like the first time you get to an underclassman leading scorer uh, is seventh on their list. So you're just looking at this, you're like, I, they just don't have the guys anymore. Um, just really understanding how much uh, Halliburton meant to that team. 
last year. He and uh, Jemias Ramsey would be playing together now for the Kings, which I thought was cool to see them uh, out there together. Uh, Rasir Burton, the guard, leads them in scoring at 15 points a game. Jalen Coleman-Lands as a senior at 13 points. Solomon Young as uh, a forward. Javon Johnson's a forward, both around 11 and 10 points, or 11 points. Um, Tyler Harris is another guard at six points. So it's like there's those, those four guys, and they're all, all pretty close. Um, two guards, two forwards, and then nobody else. But like I said, they're, they're, they're senior-laden team. They're just not performing. Right, right. Uh, the, they've come close. Uh, yep. in some of these big games but or the big 12 games but it's just it's just one of those teams it's i really thought tech would coast against kansas state tonight and look what happened uh, it's they were lucky to win really and yeah. that's kind of what i see against iowa state it, i think it's going to be a really close one and tech's going to have to play really well down the stretch and control the game as much as they can, as opposed to letting Iowa state control it with their, you know, their high pace play. One stat that stands out to me really quickly as I'm going through, um, that they appear to be better offensively than they are defensively. Sorry. They're, they're better defensively than they are offensively. Um, we can identify with that. We do. They, (laughs) but they give up, 20 more than 24 free throw attempts per game like for the for the opponent where they only shoot uh it was just just updated with tonight's scores okay here we go um with tonight's they give up 31 almost 32 free throw attempts per game where they only attempt 12 A huge discrepancy there uh and that could definitely be helping um, and they, they don't shoot very well. They're, they're averaging um, 67% from the free throw line. Um, they generally get out-rebounded uh, by about six or seven. They don't have the size to do a lot of blocks or anything. Um, they average giving, they, they average scoring 65 points, giving up 73, but their shooting percentages are a lot better flipped. So like they're, Defense is better than their offense. It's it's strange year. They, yes, there's nothing to look out there in, in more ways than one. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Iowa State uh, on Saturday in Ames, Texas Tech, going to continue to to clean up offensive efficiency and consistency um, to be able to string together some conference wins. Let's hope so. Let's let's hope they can. I, I think you know having McCuller back it gives me a lot of hope. Of course, he he did not have a good night against Oklahoma State uh, after his great debut against Incarnate Word, but I, I, I think that that helps me a little bit. He's I've definitely noticed his presence down low defensively, and um, you know trying to crash the boards and stuff here and there. They just gotta just grab onto the ball, guys. Yeah. So just grab it. Quick question before we move into football. In terms of lineups, which, which you mentioned a little bit before, is there somebody you want to see less of or somebody you want to see more of on the court? You know, I don't think we've gotten somehow 
Well, I'm I'm going to pine for Tyreek Smith all the time, just because yeah. he's so athletic and so fun to watch. I want him on the court as much as we can afford to get him out there. And that was going to be uh, my answer too. Like the, the few minutes he played, and I was like, why is he not getting more minutes? Well, and Burton too. I I feel like Burton got a lot of minutes the last, well, before McCuller came back, really, and. He shined, but he was also just kind of a behind-the-scenes guy. And except for that time, he just completely blew me away with that dunk that I didn't know was coming. <laughs> I mean, he's but he's just always played well and and done things right on defense and took care of the ball. So I, even though we got to see him quite a bit his playtime has gone down with McCuller back. I wouldn't mind seeing more Burton just because that was, um, that was nice to see someone else who can bring the ball down aside from, you know, Edwards or McClung every time. Um, but yeah, that I would say Burton and I'm going to rep for Tyreek Smith as much as I can. I want him out there. Uh, and maybe Peavy Peavy's playtime has kind of fallen off a little bit. And I, I really like, I really like how he plays, especially as a freshman. I would just like, in, in reference to PV, I want to see him be more effective on the offensive side. Um, it, it, I don't know what it is. Since starting conference play, he just doesn't look very confident. Um, he just takes bad shots or has taken some, some bad shots, and you're just like, what, what's going on? We, 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 you were so much better like two weeks ago. Yeah, I, there could be some sort of confidence factor there, something that we we can't see. But he's he's been really impressive when he when you can tell that he's feeling it and the way he can contort and move his body and move like twelve feet in one step. Yeah, it, it's I mean it's really he'll he'll be at the elbow and take half a dribble and do a reverse layup or something. It's just, he's, he's fun to watch. Um, I, I did before we get to football though, I wanted to remind you that the wait is finally over. Football is in full effect and the NBA is back, which is insane to me. The NBA just ended it feels in like, October. Yeah, it feels like it just ended. It just ended when it usually starts. And then they started the week of Christmas and I can't watch the Mavs or the Spurs because Fox Sports Southwest is not playing nice and or cable and Hulu and streaming services is not playing nice with them. So I don't know. Anyway, you might not be at a game this year and you may not be able to watch one because you don't have AT&T Direct or whatever it is that you've got to have to watch Fox Sports. But you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's hit football for a few minutes and then wrap this thing up. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Hand off. DeMarcus Fields down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw. Going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, he's my. He's got it. Touchdown. Oh. 
Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raider. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Grant. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Country. Scoring begin. Speaking of Crabtree, the Heisman was announced tonight. Alabama receiver Devontae Smith wins. And I look at his stats for this year, and I think about Crabtree, and I was like, wait a second. Why wasn't Crabtree even considered? The year... That I'm going to reference as Crabtree's redshirt freshman year. He had more receptions, more yards, more touchdowns. And this is total touchdowns for Smith because he had, I'm counting total yards and total touchdowns for him. He had receiving yards that were like 1,500 and like 17 receiving touchdowns. Um, Crabtree was better than he was. Okay, so you're talking about 2007. 2007 Crabtree, yeah. Okay, okay, because I thought, well, he was in the Heisman conversation in 08, so I don't know, I don't know where this no, okay. vitriol is coming from. Twelve years later, the but, the worst thing. But okay, 07, I got you, I got you. Okay, let me, let me just say, Smith this year, Devontae Smith, 105 receptions, 1,641 total yards, 20 total touchdowns. It's a fantastic year. I'm not saying it, he didn't have a great year. Yeah, he had almost 16 yards per catch. It's crazy. He was yeah. so he was so burning everybody and catching everything. He had two drops. I think two drops for the whole year, man. Yeah. Um, Crabtree, 2007, 134 receptions, 1,962 receiving yards. Good for just under 15 yards a catch. 22 touchdowns. Where do you think he finished? Yeah, but all. Hold on, hold on. Where, do you, where, where did you, he finish? Where do you think he finished in Heisman voting in 2007? Um, spoiler it's in the notes I don't know I didn't actually look not even in the top 10 was not in the top 10 there were two defensive linemen that finished in the top 10 of Heisman voting in 2007 Crabtree who had better years and better stats in all three of those categories except for yards per catch by a yard won the Heisman this year Crabtree had better numbers and wasn't even top 10. Let me, let me tell you a secret. Crabtree didn't play for Alabama. No, he played on an eight and four team where, uh, Alabama <laughs> pass happy big 12. That's that, that, that got he dist- caught all these. And I'm, he, he caught every single pass he caught was from a quote system quarterback end quote. Uh, things were different back in 07 and, that was just not a celebratory thing. The Heisman has always been, okay, who's the best player on one of, if not the best team in the, in the country. That's usually just how that works. So yeah, I'm yeah. with you. The numbers make sense, but no one's going to be like, Oh, well the team that finished third in the big 12 South <laughs> in 07, they have a really good receiver. Let's give him the Heisman. And to be fair, he'd win the Blitnikoff two years in a row. And he was the first person to do that. Um, 
Yeah, he, he was pretty. He got some accolades, and he did finish in the Heisman fo- voting, splitting it with the quarterback the next year. Which is funny because you didn't hear any of that same BS this year between Devontae Smith and Mac Jones. Oh, they're going to split votes away from each other, blah blah blah, and open up for somebody else. No. The receiver who had worse numbers in Crabtree didn't even finish top ten. <laughs> won the Heisman. Fantastic year, great receiver. Crabtree was better. Yeah, first first receiver to win it since 1991. Desmond Howard. Yeah, the pose himself. 30, nope, 29 years. Nope, 30, I guess. I don't know. 91? I don't know what season that meant. Well, it's 30 years, but I don't know if it's the 91 season, season yeah. the 91-92 season. I don't know. So I think this is the, the latest they've done it, because it's usually in early December. Yes, usually it's before all the bowl games and all that stuff. Because sometimes I, I think they've done it, and then you've gone, "Oh, yeah, maybe you should have given it to such and such." <laughs> the The rest of the awards will be given out this week, uh, but we just wanted to touch on the Heisman. Uh, stand for our boy Crabtree, who was snubbed in two thousand seven. Represent. And then two thousand eight, he didn't have as good of stats. Two thousand eight, then he got the flack of, "Well." He wouldn't be catching all the, you know, he wouldn't have all those yards and stats if the quarterback wasn't very good. And then Harrell was was, was splitting votes, which, which you didn't see that with uh, Mac well, Jones this year, who was also yeah, a fantastic quarterback, by the way. That was the big difference too. Was Tech won eleven games the next year? So oh oh okay all right. So these this team won a lot of games. They've got some good players. Let's let's throw them in for the Heisman consideration. Yeah, and I'm not saying Crabtree should have won the Heisman in 2007 because Tim Tebow sure, sure. in 2007 was a dang good quarterback. But I'm, saying, force, man. but I'm saying not even top 10. Come on. Come on, son. <laughs> and then uh, Sam Bradford won it in 2008. Again, a really good quarterback. Um, in his Especially time. good that year. Yeah, for sure. I uh, want to give a quick roster update. We did hear about a, a transfer committing to Texas Tech. We'll be here uh, relatively soon since classes start in a couple weeks. Linebacker Josiah Pierre from Florida. Big dude. Listed at 6'2", 240. Uh, we'll have, he was a redshirt freshman with all the eligibility weirdness with COVID. He will have four years remaining. Four seasons. Four years to play four seasons. It's nuts. That doesn't sound right. Are you sure that's right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he's on the Seth Collins plan? <laughs> Dr. Seth Collins, who will be back for his seventh year. I'm not I'm not making that up. It will be his seventh year. Um, other guys that we, we heard about from Texas Tech that are... Have yeah, lucky number seven. Announced that are leaving. Linebacker Xavier Benson. Safety defensive back Ryan Frank. Uh, former Utah State transfer quarter, cornerback Jamarcus Ingram, upperclassman cornerback, former Penn State, Zach McPherson. Uh, he's gone to the NFL. Benson, Frank, and Ingram have all announced intentions to transfer. Keyshawn Carter did announce his transfer and then announced his commitment to Houston after sending that weird mixed message tweet last week where he was sharing Texas Tech highlights, said he had unfinished business, added Texas Tech receiver to his Twitter bio, only to take all that back down. 
Yeah, is is he from Houston? I believe so. Is DeLeon Ward, is that who also went to Houston after last year? DeLeon Ward went to uh, SFA. Who went to Houston? I, I hate that I'm blanking on this while we're recording, but I, I swear Houston, Tech had a player go to Houston last year, transfer. Houston is the recipient of a lot of Big 12 Texas team transfers. Mm. Uh, that that they got like a running back from Texas, uh, BJ Catalan, or maybe that was TCU. Maybe I'm 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 giving the wrong name. Anyways, um, Keyshawn Carter. I, I, there, there, there have to be others because I'm 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 just blanking on names. But they are, like I said, definitely the beneficiary of being in the same state as some big time schools that just don't have room for all the players on their roster. Yeah, they're kind of the SMU East. <laughs> or Southeast. Something. Yeah, Southeast. I'm trying to find who transferred, and I'm sure someone's listening right now, slamming on their on their uh, car dash or something. Tejon like, oh, Henry. It was so-and-so. It was who? Tejon Henry. Oh, okay. He was a, he was a running back, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, it was we got it. We got it. We're good. We did it. All right, so Big Twelve bowls, my dude. Big Twelve went five and zero. Oh. You know me, huge conference pride fan over Whatever. here. Just, <laughs> I mean, made my week. <laughs> I was. But they were interesting to watch. The, I think the one I was most surprised with was Iowa State winning against Oregon so handily. Yes, that one got me by surprise as well. I've. I figured um, Texas would win. Of course, then Ellinger went out. And then it seemed like after Ellinger went out, they just really beat the crap out of... Which was strange. <laughs> yeah. Ellinger um, goes down and they, and they do better. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. 
Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I didn't think, I, I really didn't think OU would win. I thought and we'd definitely be closer they than... Blew the, they blew the doors off the Gators. Um, well, and to, to be fair though, like Florida was missing everybody. Like yeah, all of their, so. their key guys, especially on offense, said, eh, I'm not going to play the ball game. Um, yeah, Oklahoma defeated uh, Florida 55 to 20. Texas defeated Colorado 55 23. Oklahoma State defeated Miami 37 Oh, that was a good close. We, you know, we talked about that yeah. last week. They played that right before we recorded last week. West Virginia defeated the Black Knights of Army 24 21. And then in the Fiesta Bowl, the one I think the bowl I'm most jealous of never having played in, uh, especially from the BCS era, the Fiesta Bowl, Iowa State defeats Oregon 34-17. Yeah, just like you said, handily took care of business. I I watched a few of those games here and there, but honestly, the game I watched the most was North Carolina versus A&M. Did you watch any of that one? I watched a lot of it. That was also happening a lot while we were trying to clean up the house from Christmas debt decorations and that kind of thing. That was, I, I didn't really, I kind of watched it in passing the first half, but then the second half, I pretty much was just able to focus on it. And it was so fun. It was just so back and forth. Uh, you know, it felt like there was, with Mac Brown being on the sideline and against A&M, it just kind of felt like something. And, I wasn't rooting for A&M or anything by any means, but it was just still exciting to see how they won and how they were able to pull it off. And, you know, just when it seemed like A&M was taking it, running away with it, North Carolina would score again on a, on a big, huge play. And then A&M scored on like a 76 yard run to, to seal the last of their two touchdowns and, and, and win it, it was that one. I enjoyed that one the most. Um, I know we'll talk a little bit more about the playoffs later, but those games were crap. I barely watched any of them. Oh, come on. Those were good. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, the Big 12 went 5-0 this year as opposed to last year where they went 1-5. Yeah, the one – who was the one lone win? Texas over Utah, 38-10. to That's right. Yeah, because Iowa State got hammered by Notre Dame. Notre Dame. And LSU destroyed Oklahoma 63-28. In the Ooh, Peach Bowl, yeah, which was play- a, oh yeah, the playoff game, Georgia and the Sugar Bowl, which was like the first non, it was a New Year's Six Bowl. 
Georgia defeated oh, Baylor. Baylor 26-14. Yep. Navy defeated Kansas State in the last second. Hail Mary, which was hilarious to watch happen. Uh, and the Liberty Bowl 20-17 the last year. Uh, and then A&M and the Texas Bowl defeated Oklahoma State 24-21. Yeah, rough, rough go for the Big 12 last year. Last they, year. they held their own better this year, but, you know, also I think we're kind of on the same page. Who cares? <laughs> also didn't have uh, a playoff game this year. Um, at, True. As a Big 12 fan, um, there are three bowl games that, that like, w- it, it feels like, like an accomplishment to make these three bowl games. Um, it's going to be the Cotton, the Alamo, and the Fiesta Bowls. Anything Agree. under that kind of feels like a consolation. Like, hey, we were good enough to play one more game. Cool. Like, even the Texas Bowl, it's just like, meh. The other three, though, for some reason, uh, I mean, usually because it means you finish the top three of the conference. Let's just be clear. Uh, <laughs> like, for, for me, those three are the games that, like, I want to see Texas Tech playing in. I want to be good enough to play in those three games. The rest, I couldn't care less about. Yeah, I mean, aside from the obvious granddaddies and whatnot of of other bowl games, but that that's a good point. I'm Alamo is... Alamo's a fun one, because uh, it's and it's, of course Cotton is just it's Cotton has lost a little bit of luster since it's usually at the it's at Jerry World now, right? Just mm-hmm. always, yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of lost a little bit of luster since it's not at the old bowl, but it's probably wise to not have a a bowl game in the Dallas area in the middle of ice ice winter, basically <laughs> when they can get. All sorts of crazy ice storms, which, you know, it's also not a great place to have a Super Bowl, apparently, because that happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, the, those are the, the three that I, I guess because it's regional, too. I think that that's why it kind of means more. It feels like you're. Now, Fiesta is not so regional, but obviously Alamo and Cotton are. Yeah. And I, I couldn't care less about the Liberty or Cheez-It or Texas. <laughs> You mean you're not into the Cheez It Bowl? Or the, the Camping the World I, Bowl, I, bowl I, or Texas Bowl? I don't even, yeah, I don't even know who is actually a part of it or, or, or who actually goes to it, but uh, I really hate that we missed out on the Duke's Mayo Bowl this year. The inaugural. So, did you see the video? W- Wisconsin played and won in that, that bowl game this year. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. Post game. <laughs> celebration they dropped and completely destroyed the the trophy it was like crystal or something and the dude that was dancing with it didn't drop it very far he was like bending over it was like maybe like between his waist and his his knees so it felt like two feet the video shows him dancing and like it looks down at this thing and it's just like in a million pieces (laughs) yes (laughs) and then there's a follow-up photo i saw that that showed them Somebody took a bottle of Duke's mayo and taped it to the top of the trophy base and said, look, I fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. That was genius. I, obviously, they celebrated. They had a little too much Duke's mayo on their hands, dropped the trophy. It obviously, happens. Yeah. happens to everybody. So I, I, I have recently purchased a bottle of Duke's mayo, and I will say, like, in terms of mayo, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I purchased it too by recommendation of a friend of the show, Rob Bro. That's and, where I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, my 
my wife, who grew up in Kentucky, so she knows her mayo. Not a fan. Hmm. Not a fan of the Dukes. I was surprised. Well, she, I, she prefers like the the Hellman's or the Hellman's looking knockoff one. That's basically Hellman's. That's still blue and yellow. What like best best pride or best yeah. choice pride something. I don't know what it's called. Um, can we agree that the craft bleached mayo is just trash? It's like not the, my favorite. The color of it is offensive. <laughs> uh, we we don't get that. that no. She does not purchase that. All right, let's, let's let's wrap this up really quickly. Texas fired Tim Tom, <laughs> Timmy Tom Herman, uh, and hired Steve Sarkeesian, o- offensive coordinator, former offensive coordinator from Alabama Crimson Tide. He was formerly the head coach at USC and Washington. Thoughts on this briefly? It's a lateral move at best, I think. We'll see. I, the timing of it is weird. Everything about it is weird. It's, um, you know, it kind of sets a precedent for what Matt Wells could be facing next year because he got the chance to to fire, you know, one of the main components of his staff, and then now he's out on his own, whereas Herman completely cleaned house last year except for maybe the guy who does the laundry and <laughs> and himself. <laughs> yeah, and himself, and, and got the vote of confidence from Chris Del Conte or whatever his name is. Anyway, I, it's just the time. All of it's just bizarre. But I, Sarkeesian may completely surprise me. He definitely had issues at USC, so I'm not going to go into any sort of addiction critiques here or anything like that. But USC was definitely probably about as probably about like being a coach at Texas, uh, maybe a little bit more pressure at Texas than at USC, but they're high profile, high dollar. You got lots of people with lots of opinions telling you how to do everything. And he's tutored under Nick Saban for several years. So I, he yeah. has a chance to be successful, but Right now, I'm not seeing it. It just feels like they hired another Tom Herman, basically, except with almost, I don't know if it's less head coaching experience, but definitely less recent head coaching experience. So I don't remember Tom Herman being a head coach before Texas. I remember he was like a real high assistant with Urban Meyer at Ohio State, whereas Sarkeesian does have head coaching experience in a couple other Power 5 schools. Um, Well, Tom Herman was at Houston. Well, yeah, okay. I remember that, but he wasn't, like I said, he wasn't at a Power 5 school. Um, there are points that you just made that would say Sarkeesian maybe has a better foundation to be successful at Texas. Uh, having been like a, a Power 5 head coach before, having coached under and learned from Nick Saban. But on the flip side, it feels very much like Tom Herman, like one of the up-and-comer coordinators at a really big school that was doing really well and then get somewhere new and it's like just not work out um yeah I, I could see it going about like it has the last three or four years for texas but who knows we we know nothing so the weird thing that you brought up was the the vote of conference confidence from athletic director chris del conti at texas Ooh. here's the thing apparently he gave that before he finished his evaluation so like why would you say that to then two weeks later 
fire your head coach and name his replacement on the same day. <laughs> yeah, it, I get well recruiting. That's obviously why. Whatever that means. But the, what's strange is, you know, now you're in that position where they're, if Herman's evaluation was that poor, there may have been more players who wanted to sign with Texas knowing that Steve Sarkeesian was coming. You know, maybe there's something about him or they, he may have even recruited them. I'm sure he may have been involved in recruiting some of the same players that Herman was going after. Alabama and UT are possibly in the same circles here and there getting the getting the four and five stars and whatnot. So there's a chance because I, yeah, I know just, there was there was some of that even with Cumbie hired at Tech that, oh, well, Baron Morton, you know, he has a he's established a relationship with Cumbie and this is going to this is going to be good. This is going to be, you know, a, a, a great thing. But that also happened after signing day. So yeah, just there's no good time. It's just <laughs> weird that you'd come out and say that. And then when you hire yes. your new coach, be like, well, I hadn't, I hadn't really finished my evaluation. Then say that like, Hey, we, we, you know, we haven't done our postseason evaluations yet. I'm, you know, we're, we're in the process of, of doing that. We're not in a position to make any kind of decisions on our coach. Like I, I get that kind of opens the door for speculation on that kind of stuff. Then just saying he's our, he's our man, but it also looks weird to come out two weeks later. Like, no, I've I've already interviewed and hired another coach who was coaching. Like we we found time in his preparation for a playoff game to interview him and offer. Well, it was him just a job. Notre Dame, you know, <laughs> just it's Notre really Dame. Not that big a deal. Um, so as as good of a, a segue as there is, Alabama and in probably the most underwhelming and predictable fashion blew the doors off Notre Dame. Like in terms of a playoff game, this was it was a snooze fest. Like Notre Dame was completely outmatched, outmanned. Um, it like, was a it was a, a lower firework version of LSU OU last year. But even then, I don't think I don't think uh, Oklahoma was was this much of an underdog. Like Notre Dame was a three score underdog. Yeah, <laughs> um, and at times looked it like it was not close. Now, the other game, though, Clemson-Ohio State, at least early on, was a lot more entertaining. Now, I was also building a desk, so I, I would look up every now and then and, and, and see Oklahoma transfer running back Trey Sermon for Ohio State do something really big. He did it, nearly set rushing records in back-to-back games. Um, Incredible. Where he put up 330 yards in the Gosh. Big Ten Championship game. <laughs> which was a, a Big Ten conference record where he broke Eddie George's record, which is Gosh, like that's, 30 that's years old. Um, and then nearly put up 300 yards against Clemson. So I was like, he might be a pretty good running back. Um, and Justin Fields, like, you know, he, he took that hit from the targeting, uh, bounced right back up and, he was what, like twenty-one for twenty-four or something. Yeah, it, it was it was an insane day for him. Well, not insane. No, it was about a normal day for Justin Fields, yeah. actually. If if you could if you could read through the the homerism coming out of Kirk Herbstreet, 
because right at the very end, I was like, oh my gosh, I have never heard him like gush so hard over somebody. I was like, oh, it's Ohio State connection. I get it now. <laughs> I was like, quarterbacks have played hurt before, man. But he was like, oh, it was, he, he was pumping them up, man. He was his hype man. Um, talking about like what it meant to see that kind of performance, that gutsy performance from a quarterback that just it just meant more to him to go out there and lead his team, this program to a national championship appearance. <laughs> it's like, dude, pump the brakes. <laughs> Chill out, Kirk. Um, again, fantastic player. Like, <laughs> may have broken a rib in that hit to come back and play the way he did. It's like, okay, like he's good. He's gutsy. He played it. He pulled it out. But like, I'm willing to bet a lot of college players have played injured at one point. And I bet even some of them have done so uh, and performed really well. So, right. But they weren't on the Ohio state Buckeyes on the year of our Lord, 2021. Yeah. And, and being, you know, the game called by a former Ohio state quarterback, Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, I I didn't I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I watched hardly any of either of those games. Uh, I we were busy just kind of doing stuff and so I was checking in and out and by the time I checked it was like, "Oh, these are out of hand." Okay, I'm not going to watch that. Uh, the Notre Dame one, I only kept up with it enough to know that Brian Kelly was calling timeouts and stuff and they somehow scored a garbage uh Backdoor cover, garbage oh my time, gosh, touchdown. That was the greatest thing to see them backdoor <laughs> like cover. I think the spread was eighteen, and and uh, they Game. cover by only losing by seventeen. So, yay, <laughs> way to go, way to go, Notre Dame. But that was, and I think we predicted the games last week. Yeah, I think I, 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 I don't know if I predicted Ohio State. I think I said I wanted to see Ohio State in the championship game. I think. Alabama over Notre Dame was an easy one to call. Um, so what do you remember what you called or what, what, what do you am, want to see on Monday night? I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I don't think we picked against the spread or anything, but I, I picked Alabama Clemson. I, I figured that they would go, uh, there'd be round four or whatever the hell we're up to now. And that I wanted Notre Dame Clemson just because I felt like we deserved to see that those teams play each other three times, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. But yeah, I was way wrong on the Clemson game. I thought I was a, I was a huge Ohio state hater have been all year, um, have always been scheming and planning and figuring out how the, the committee was going to get them into the playoff. And they did. And you know, halfway through, it sure looks like they deserve to be there. Uh, having only played six wrong games. On yeah. You're like, they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty wrong on that. Fields is is uh, a badass. Uh, Sermon is excellent. Big Twelve fans kind of knew that already. Um, but yeah, to to rush for three hundred something yards in huge games, back to back, it just yeah, that was that's my bad. So the the Tigers definitely let me down, but not that I really had a whole lot on it. It was more just trying to continue my Buckeyes hate for the remainder of the season, but I can't anymore. Um, and I'm not even sure who I'm going to pick now just because they seem so hot. They seem so hot right now that I could see them. 
I could see them taking down Alabama, but I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if I'm even ready to to make a pick. Do you have a pick for the championship game? So I I would like to see Ohio State win, and like I said last time with um, them against Clemson, I, I want to see Ohio State win. It would be a pretty big upset, though. Um, Alabama's a nine-point favorite at this point. Still several days out. Um, but they don't have an offensive coordinator. True. Uh, Ohio State may be missing some players, too, from COVID. I think there was some stuff on, on the ticker tonight that there was conversations about possibly moving the championship game to try to accommodate for that. Um. Because at this point, no, they're not going to move the game. It's supposed to be played on Monday at 7. Over-under set at 75. That feels high for a championship game. I think Uh, it will be, though. I mean, I I was just sitting here thinking, these two offenses, how are they going to stop each other? How? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be fun to watch, I think. I I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is a good matchup. Um. I will throw my hat in the ring and say I don't know why A&M didn't get the honor of getting hammered by Alabama. I think they deserve to lose by 17 just as much as Notre Dame did. And that's probably about how that would have gone. But I I know that those first two round games were just apparently didn't matter who lined up across Ohio State or Alabama that day. Um, they were not going to win. So... I'm really looking forward to the championship. It gives me a lot of hope. The fact that both of these teams just completely own their opponents coming into this game should be heck of an affair. Hopefully a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm going to be lame and pick Bama though. I'm going to pick against you. Take Ohio state. There you go. All right. Okay. So this reminds it's on me on the record. And I also saw this on, on my Facebook memories. Uh, we started this here, 23 Personnel Podcast, although at that time was a different name, three years ago. We recorded our first episode January 5th, 2018. Wow. It's been three years, it's brother. Been, it's been three years. And we talked about the was national, in that championship game. Because <laughs> we, we, we talked about that national championship game that was upcoming uh, on that first episode, which... Should be available if you want to scroll all the way back through the archives. I mean, this is episode 185. Believe the host has it. Uh, let me give you a heads up. At least I want I want to believe we've gotten a lot better. But like, especially yeah, from yeah, day, yeah, we can yeah, we could just go with that. <laughs> from day one, I I think it's pretty safe to say that, that we've gotten better at this. But yeah, it's there. We 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 talked about uh, the national title game then. Um, but yeah. The podcast is three today. Turned three. Wow. What a, what a monumental day. Monumental. Welcome, everyone. We monumental did it. For the program. Um, Pretty soon we'll be able to wipe our own butts. <laughs> With that, let's get to your guys' questions. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, looks like we have one question, but it's a basketball-related question. It's got several parts to it. So 
enough material there to dive in. Peter Puente, is it me or does the men's basketball team seem less athletic? From days of Zach, Zaire, Tariq Owens, and Jarrett Culver, it seems like there are no putback dunks, no alley-oops. Has the game changed? More three-point jump shooting game? Or were we just spoiled with those guys? I would say we were spoiled. But this team is, to me, a lot more athletic than last year. Uh, I, I mean, Tariq Smith, Micah Peavy, Terrence Shannon, is he was on the team last year, obviously, but I think he's gotten even more explosive. We've seen Burton get explosive. McClung is extremely athletic. Um, you know, Santos Silva can kind of surprise you here and there. I, I do think that we were completely spoiled with Zach Smith. Zach Smith spoiled us for a long time. Uh, of course, Zaire Smith did as well. A lot of those guys, uh, Justin Gray, um, you know, Keenan Evans was a different kind of athleticism, not high flying, but just blow by a little push off and get an open Jordan esque fadeaway jumper. But anyway, I think we were spoiled, but I will say that this team, to me, is a lot more athletic than last year's team. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to disagree with you. Here. I, I'd say this year is more athletic than, than last year, um, but it seems like the talent this year is more set up for the jump shot, three point, more yes. so than the down low uh, alley oop type play. Um, and it, it's. I would like to see a mix because th- those plays are obviously exciting, but so is splashing a three-pointer. Like, something that beats that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I, I, I want to see more scoring in the paint. Uh, we, we saw that tonight against Kansas State. We yes. We did really well with that. But um, outside of, you know, Darren Shannon's one breakaway dunk per game that we we seem to get, there's not a lot of like real flashy stuff unless it's against a really bad team. Um, alley oops are more just a pass that somebody then will catch and turn around and <laughs> throw to somebody else. Um, Burnett had that put back dunk, or was it Burton? I can't remember who it was. But anyways, um, yeah. So I I I think at least the game for Texas Tech, at least for this roster, is more suited for the three-point jump shoot looking like tight looking like team. Unfortunately, that shot is um can be inconsistent. Not falling. Yeah. <laughs> it's not falling right now. <laughs> it's not as a uh, high percentage as, as the dunk is. Let's put it that way. No. No. All right. That that was basically it. Was there anything else uh <laughs> you wanted to talk about with the question? <laughs> No, I think we're good. That was that was all we had. I didn't learn anything this week. We're good. We can we can roll on out. All right. So that was basically it. That was it. That'll do it. That's the way you had a podcast, guys. I'm telling you, like we we are better than we were three years ago. Agree. That'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. 
You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. <laughs>